the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. There's some scriptures in the book of Proverbs that are just awesome concerning salvation, the hope of the Savior. Listen to this one in Proverbs 21, 21. He who follows righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. You'll find out that as you read this uh, chapter 21, righteousness, justice, and mercy, uh, their theme is very, very clear. This is Bert Harper along with Dr. Alex McFarlane, and it's our joy to be with you today on Exploring the Word. And that's exactly what we try to do. We go through the Word of God, looking at it, exploring it. Uh, So that means we're finding some things that even in Alex and I, as many years if we spent in reading and studying the Word of God, it is refreshing and new every morning. And it is always exciting to see something that you had not seen after studying the Bible for 50 years. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's, I've just done that in the book of Proverbs, this study. Alex, uh, Proverbs 21 is, all, all of them are good. But Proverbs 21 is one of those that kind of reaches up to a peak, doesn't it? Well, it really does. And the Word of God is so rich. No matter how often you have gone to the Scriptures, uh, every time you mine the Word of God, you're going to come up with more nuggets of gold. And uh, I see some other uh, Scriptures that are referenced here. But let me begin to read Proverbs 21 with a very famous verse. Verse 1, The king's heart is in the, the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. Now, Bert, that's a good encouragement about the sovereignty of God over the decisions of leaders. The heart of a king is in the hand of the Lord. That's why we need to pray. And even if the occupant of an office is somebody that's maybe not the one you voted for or your favorite, listen, we can pray because God does rule and reign in the affairs of of leaders. Uh, Verse 2, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. Now, uh, verse uh, 3 reminds me of something we studied back in 1 Samuel 15. To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Bert, uh, when you and I once we did First, first and Second Samuel, uh, chapter 15, verse 22 says that obedience is better than sacrifice, doesn't it? It really does. And when you read these first three verses, it really opens up chapter 21 about the heart of an individual, whether it's the king or not. God reigns. He is sovereign. Verse 2, no matter what a man does, the Lord weighs the heart. You remember what he said when he uh, went, uh, he sent uh, Samuel to find the new king that would take Saul's place, sent him to Bethlehem to the house of Jesse, and uh, Jesse paraded his sons out there, you know, good-looking, tall, dark and handsome as the old word goes. He says, you got anybody else? And, and uh, I said, oh, yeah, I got another son, but I didn't think it was important for him to be here. Oh, you uh, don't want him. You don't want him. He's out watching the sheep. And he said, I'll not sit down till he comes. And when he came in, God told, he told Samuel, God doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. And so yes. when I see that, uh, it is so plain Uh, And matter of fact, again, we could come back to three. It's just full. But verse four, talking about that, a haughty look, a proud heart, and the plying of the wicked are sin. The proud heart. Look at that, Alex. Uh, Mm. God can look at the outward appearance, but the inward appearance is as clear to God as the outward appearance. Nothing is hidden from him. Well, that's true. I mean, none of us have a reason to be proud. We really don't, because, you know, as as the Bible says, that anything we've got, we received as a gift from the Lord. Uh, verse 4, the plowing of the wicked is sin. Uh, Augustine said that even our best works are merely splendid sins. And, you know, that's why, Bert, I think we've got to, in sharing the gospel, help people understand the true view of God, that God is holy God is righteous. God is a God of judgment. And yes, for for unrepentant sin and unrepentant sinners, God is a God of wrath. 
And, uh, you know, um, I don't want to get us off topic, but I was watching a sermon by R.C. Sproul. Do you remember the late R.C. Sproul? Yes, yes. And you and I were at uh, NRB and saw him before. And, you know, the night that uh, Don Wildman got a Lifetime Achievement Award from NRB, uh, R.C. Sproul spoke, and I think it was like one of the last sermons that Sproul ever gave publicly. But Sproul talked a lot about the holiness of God and uh, that we need to present to people, yes, God is a God of love and God is a God of mercy, but God is also a God of holiness, absolute justice, and and wrath. And without turning to Jesus to be born again, there is nothing but judgment. And verse 4 of Proverbs 21 even the day-to-day activities, the plowing, you know, plowing a field seems pretty innocuous, right? But if you're living your life in unbelief and rebellion, all you're doing up is building judgment against yourself. You really are. And uh, let me tell you, good preaching, good teaching, uh, it has both. It has the righteousness, justice of God, and the love of God. Uh, the key word there is balance, you know? Uh, you don't want to be known as the person that's always talking about, man, the judgment, the judgment, the judgment. I want some hope, some hope, some hope. And in that hope is the love of God that he gives us, that he has overcome the world. And through him in us, as we surrender our lives to him, repent and turn away from our sin, we can have this life filled with hope. And and so Listen, those of you that are chaplains, we have chaplains that listen to us, Sunday school teachers, small group leaders, pastors, uh, missions, uh, directors, and all of that. We are telling you, uh, look at the whole counsel of God. By that, you present the good news of Jesus Christ. But who was it that said for you and hear the good news? You better hear the bad news. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Who does that exclude, Alex? All. Uh, that's all. And you know, that that's a quote by the the great, some people will know this name, Jack Wartson. That's uh, it. Who that's who it was. Of yeah. And he said, the good news is preceded by some bad news. And Wartson would also say, before you can get some people saved, you got to first get them lost. But um, so uh, it goes on, and I want to um, read down there six, well, really six, seven, and eight yeah. talk about um, lack of integrity. Uh, the getting of treasures by a lying tongue is vanity tossed to and fro by them that seek death. And you might think about not being uh, dishonest or or a liar or a thief or something like that. But it, it goes on and, you know, it talks about, uh, well, verse 5, which I skipped, the thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness but everyone that is hasty only to want. Now, do you know what the word hasty, we think of somebody acts, you know, just a hair-trigger action. Hasty can mean that you, you're quick-tempered or you do things without thinking, but it also means you don't have a long-term view. Um, the diligent. To be diligent is like, um, you know, you're, you're willing to save money, even though it might take you years to reach a goal. Uh, you're willing to, in the summer, when everybody might be taking it easy, you're, you're working because you know winter is going to come. So diligence and hasty might not seem like related words, but in a way, Bert, they're almost like polar opposites of each other. They really are. They contrast one another, and you'll know that in the book of Proverbs complement or complete, and then contrast. Those three words, uh, those three C words, and you'll get a lot of the the couplets, especially, that you find in Proverbs. Again, getting treasures by a lying tongue is the fleeting fantasy of those who seek death. The violence of the wicked will destroy them. It's going to come back on them. Uh, I, I, you're yes. going to get what you sow. You know, that's the whole idea. You sow to the flesh. The Bible says you're going to sow you're going to the, uh, the flesh reap what? Destruction. Uh, you yeah. really are, Alex, and that's the whole idea. But if you sow to the Spirit, you shall reap life everlasting. You're looking deeper, and that has the idea of diligence, doesn't it? Not just mm-hmm. looking at the immediate, but looking at what God has for you now and in the future as well. And then the yeah. verse 8 you said, and I agree with you, these are couplets that kind of go together. The way of a guilty man is perverse. 
but as far as the pure, his work is right. Another contrast, that person that is pure heart. God, there's two things that I, I, I wish you'd, those of you that are listening, write down that God desires you, a pure heart and a humble spirit. They mm-hmm. tend to go together, Alex. You know, I don't yeah. think you'll have one without the other. Well, that's true. That's true. Well, you know, verse 9 is a, a famous verse. It is Here's the King James rendering of it. It is better to dwell in a corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. Now, we often hear about the Proverbs 31 woman. Well, this is the Proverbs 21 woman. And, yeah. uh, you know, some of... Uh, pictured, you know, being out on the corner of the roof or maybe in just some dark corner of the attic, you know, a little tiny place alone than in a big, wide house. And it's interesting, uh, verse um, 1 of chapter 20 uses the word brawler, and here is a brawling woman. Actually, in the Hebrew, it's two different words, believe it or not, whereas in uh, Proverbs 20, verse 1, it talks about alcohol promoting physical violence and fighting. But in uh, Proverbs 21, verse 9, better to dwell in the corner of the the housetop than with a brawling woman really kind of means contentious, complaining, ungrateful, grousing. And listen, um, lest anybody think that this is, you know, misogynistic or chauvinistic, look, men can be grumpy and ungrateful, so can women. But at the very least, Bert, this verse is speaking about um, the joy of a of a happy home and the pain of one that isn't. And again, you said Proverbs thirty one. Notice the difference: a contentious woman, a brawling woman, or a woman who just blesses a virtuous woman. And it talks about the man who finds a virtuous woman has found a great blessing, and it is. And so it lets us know, yeah, husbands, we're the head. We're to lead. Men, we're to be the leaders God wants us to be. We're to be love the wife the way Christ loved the church and gave herself for it. But here in Proverbs 21, we find out uh, they are wives that regardless of how you might lead and what you might do, guess what? They're contentious. They're brawling. And so uh, it takes two, uh, Hmm. and really it takes three. The Heavenly Father overall, blessing that husband, blessing that wife, that we might show forth the mercies of God. We'll be back with more of Proverbs right after this break. Let's be real. Retirement is expensive, and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down? Well, MediShare 65-plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B, looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet, MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65 Plus. Here's the number. 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. Sometimes today's good deeds don't make any difference tomorrow. That's why Dr. Tony Evans says we should be as concerned with changing people's destiny as we are with improving their circumstances. He'll explain as we spend two minutes with Tony. You're in a hotel. The elevator door comes open. You're getting ready to get on the elevator only to discover the elevator car is not there. If you would have stepped out there, you would have stepped into a disaster. Around the corner comes a blind man. You notice something. The blind man's shoes are untied. And you don't want that man to trip. So you go over there and you get down on your knee and you say, excuse me, sir, let me tie your shoe. You've tied his shoes. And now he's not going to trip because you just did a good thing. He comes over to the elevator and the elevator door opens up, but you don't say anything. You don't tell the blind man that the elevator door has opened up, but you tied his shoe. So he doesn't trip. 
But even though you tied his true, you haven't changed his destiny. Because his destiny is a disaster, even though you tied his shoe. God wants you to do good things like non-Christians. Feed the poor, help the homeless, visit the sick, visit the incarcerated, deliver people. But that's not just our business. We've got a different business and it has to do with eternal dwellings. We don't want to just help folk to eat who going to go down the shaft. Help folk to eat who are going to go down the shaft. Help folk to live who are going to go down the shaft. Because while we want to tie the shoelaces, we also want to deliver them from the destiny. Is your eternal destiny in danger? You owe it to yourself to find out for sure. Visit TonyEvans.org today and click on the link that says Jesus. Tony has a short video that explains everything along with some free follow-up resources. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Be silent before me so that I may speak. Then let come upon me what may. Why should I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hands? Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Job 13, 13 through 15. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. As we go. You know, that's what Jesus told the church to do. As you go, make disciples. Well, welcome back. Alex McFarland here along with Bert Harper. And this is Exploring the Word on the American Family Radio Network. And we're in Proverbs chapter 21. And, you know, Bert, I've noticed that all of these chapters are, you know, maybe 20-some verses. And I, I truly think you and I could do a month of programs on any one of these chapters of Proverbs. I really do. I would not disagree with that. Uh, each one of them, the, the first, when, now let me share this. It starts off and it, the, 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 the whole chapter kind of deals with the subject, the first few chapters. Then in the middle, 10 after, it is random. You'll have one verse talking about the king, the next verse talking about in your own eyes. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and I use the word random, not that God was random, but that these were random uh, proverbs that were given. And then as you get close to the end, there it happens again. You'll have a cluster of them, and they're dealing with subjects, uh, you know, several verses dealing with the same subject, like chapter 31, the virtuous woman, the whole chapter. So Proverbs is interesting study. It really is. It's hard to outline. Let me tell you, some great people who outline uh Great, great, some of the Bibles, uh, books in the Bible. When it comes to Proverbs, it's hard to put a, a, a just a solid outline together because it's it's the thoughts of Solomon writing them down. Well, you, you know what? Some years ago, there was a study done on uh, reading times. Like if you're going to read different books of the Bible, average adult readers, uh, you know, comfortably reading, uh, not speed reading. And they said, like, um, to read the book of Genesis would take about three and a half hours, right? And some of the books are lengthy. But the book of Proverbs, the average adult, they say, can read the entire book of Proverbs in a little over an hour and a half. And, you know, I I just think this is such a rich book that it's one you want to be regularly reading from. And I want to go on, and I want to tie a couple of verses together. And by the way, we're just uh, in Proverbs 21, if you're just now tuning in. But verse 12 says, The righteous man wisely considers the house of the wicked, but God overthrows the wicked for their wickedness. Now, quote, the house of the wicked. Well, the word there really means the state of the wicked. Um, the wise man thinks about it not only now but for eternity. I mean, uh, do I follow Christ or do I just live for the world? Well, you think about it, and you think about the life of those that disregard God. You think of eternity for those that uh, omit salvation. If you're wise, consider—now go on down there to verse 16— the man that wanders out of the way under, 
The man that wanders out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. Now, you th- think about a congregation. That's a somebody gathered in the house of worship, right? Do you know there's a congregation of the dead? Just like verse 12 talks about the house of the wicked. If you don't know Christ, uh, if you've pushed God out of your life, you might know it. You're in a group. You're in a congregation, but not the congregation of the saved or the living the congregation of the dead. Bert, that's not a group I want to be in. Yeah, I agree with you. Let me tie these all in because you did a great job, 12 and 16. Another one that kind of uh, is one that we've already read belongs in this, I would say, category of verses about warning of how you live and it's going to come back on you. Uh, Verse 7, the violence of the wicked will destroy them. They'll be destroyed by their own violence. Again, verse 12, overthrowing the wicked for their wickedness. That very Mm. wickedness that they tried to get off will come back to haunt them. Verse 16, it says, we'll rest in the congregation of the dead, the man who wanders away. So how you live your life now has a lot to do with your future. Um, I I heard this. I was talking to a man, and I said, you're such a gracious man. He was in his 80s. Uh, His name was Galen, just a great man. He was a church member. I, was, I had the privilege of being his pastor. He's going to be of the Lord. He and his wife were just two beautiful people that uh, Jen and I thought the world of. But I said, man, I said, how do you get so gracious? He said, I had to start practicing early. And uh-huh. and so l- live it now. Uh, if you want to be that gracious senior adult, you know, those yes. gracious senior adults, Alex, what a blessing they are. And I'm entering... Uh, Brent's, our producer's looking at you. What you mean they, senior adults? Uh, but anyway, the senior adults that are so gracious and listen, uh, they didn't get that way accidentally. Uh, well, so live your life true. the way you need to live it right now. Bert, uh, I was involved uh, with a, a, a ministry some years ago, nearly 20 years ago, and there was an older gentleman. I'm not saying he wasn't a believer. He was a believer. I know he was saved. But he was, I'm just going to say he was a mean old man. Yeah. And um, he was always stirring up trouble that we were always trying to smooth out. And it dawned on me, I told Angie one day, I said, do you know part of the Christian's job description is to become a good old person someday? Praise God. You know? Yes. Because if 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 we're so fortunate to remain in the land of the living, we're, we're going to be old one day or elderly. And, you know, a sweet godly old older person uh and i've known thousands that have walked with jesus for decades and they might be um at a time their their bodies are failing but their soul just shines as bright as could be that is a very beautiful thing isn't it it really is and so let me alex and i are pleading with you who are listening Uh, Make sure you're saved. Know Jesus Christ is Savior. Be delivered from the penalty of your sin. That penalty is away from God. You can be brought near to him by repenting and trusting in him. If you need help talking to someone, this number you can call. They're our partners. It's 1-800-NEED-HIM. 1-800-NEED-HIM. They'll help you. And then those of you that are saved, begin to start that process of being discipled and becoming more and more like Christ. Proverbs 8, 28, and 29 tell us that, Alex. God takes mm. all things in the believer's lives and works them for good. And now yes. what is the good? Most of us, oh, man, that means uh, having plenty, being healthy. No, that's not what it means. Verse 29 tells us what that is. To those who he called, he wants us to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Alex, Mm. our goal is to become more and more like Jesus through every issue of life that we go through. And so Mm. guess what? You don't need to waste. uh, They say don't uh, the, the, I guess, the Communist Manifesto or whatever it was. Don't waste a tragedy, you know, to try to overthrow. Mm. Don't waste an opportunity for you to grow to become more like Jesus Christ. Uh, that's yeah. what he's working for. So let's let's do it, man. Amen. Amen. Good word, Alex. Verse 17 is such a great admonition. He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. He that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. Uh, C.S. Lewis, who was a teacher for all of his adult life, 
Lewis said, the laziest boy in class works hardest in the end. See, uh, laziness, greed, um, having no restraint of your appetites. But I was, I was reading an article that said that the average American household has $3,800 in credit card debt hanging out there. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I would <laughs> that, that would be very depressing. Now, if you're in debt right now, um, understand that God can help you out of that. But let me just say that verse 17 is a great warning to any of us, whether it's um, you know uncontrolled spending of money or just always seeking the next good time or whatever. Um, for one thing, just unhindered you know pleasure and one high after another, that doesn't build character. Bert, um, the Word of God is very clear to us that um, <laughs> we're, we're to be stewards of our character, and it takes discipline and diligence and prayer and the Holy Spirit, and circumstances can do it, but aren't, aren't we to—I uh, know salvation is a gift from Jesus, but the growth of our character and the maturing of our of our integrity. That's something we're supposed to work on, isn't it? It is. And verses 17, 18, 19, and 20 all deal with parts of those old things. It talks about the woman again being contentious and angry, the wicked and it, uh, you know, desiring treasure rather than working for it and squandering it. Every one of those has to do with your character. But you come to verse 21, and again, it contrasts those verses he who follows righteousness and mercy finds life and righteousness and honor. What a difference that is in verse 16 when it says, A man who wanders from the way of understanding or rest in the congregation of the dead, but he who follows righteousness and mercy finds life. Alex, uh, that's, that's what we're trying to make sure people understand here on Exploring the Word when Alex and I, we take time out to say, do you know Christ, you who are listening, do you know Christ as your Savior? Has there been a time in your life when Christ became Lord of your life? It's because we want you to have life. We want you to have the abundant life that follows Christ, and it's righteousness and honor. Now, that honor may not be bestowed upon you until you get to heaven when he says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you master over many. So a lot of the honor and a lot of the rewards, Alex, may not come in this lifetime. But following Christ, doing his will, pleasing him, it has his rewards, doesn't it? It does. It does. Uh, now, time fleets away in this segment, and in, in the next <laughs> segment, we're going to get to phone calls. And the number, I'm going to give that number, because if you want to call in with a Bible question, we would love to hear from you. And the number is 888-589-8840. But I want to read three verses, if I could. Uh, we're wrapping up Proverbs 21, and then we'll comment as time allows. But listen to this, folks, because if ever we should put this on a billboard, uh, verse 23, Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Well, that's true. Now, verse 27, The sacrifice of the wicked is abomination. How much more when he brings it with a wicked mind? We'll come back to that. Verse 30, There is no wisdom nor understanding nor counsel against the Lord. Amen. Now, Bert, first of all, let's go to verse 23. And uh, listen, I'm preaching at Alex here. But whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue, James talks about this, restraining what you say, thinking before you speak. If you can do that, you are keeping your soul from trouble. Amen. Good word. Guard your heart, for out of the heart come the issues of life. Now, how are those issues expressed most of the time? Through our tongue and sometimes our actions. But Alex, the word "guard" is a put hmm. put a put a a strainer on it, a sieve upon it. Be careful what you let through in your heart. Uh, garbage in, garbage out. That was an early saying when computer uh, systems started. And so, be careful what you let in. Guard your heart. Now, what gets to your heart? What you hear, what you read, or in other words, what you see, what you consider. And so be careful. 
And that's why you want to stay in the Word of God. Make the Bible a priority of your day because the Word of God, guess what? It will filter out some of those things that you hear during the day, and you say, that's that's not what God says in his Word. Alex, the Word of God is quick and powerful, and it is able to help us to make and know what's right and what's wrong. Well, in Proverbs 12, 13, Proverbs 13, 3, and Proverbs 15, 1, along with the book of James, those are just a few of the scriptures that tell us to watch what we say and measure our words and let our speech be seasoned with the salt and the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, if we can master that uh, mouth of ours, and I, again, I'm <laughs> preaching it myself, we're doing ourselves a lot of good. Let, let me talk about verse 27 for just a second. Um, it says, uh, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. How much more when he brings it with a wicked mind? And the, the wording there really means with a, a, a scheme or a plan. Now, I've, I've had people say, you know, um, hey, I, I gave some money to the church last year. You know, God, God kind of owes me. No, that's not the way to look at it. Or, you know, um, maybe you just go to church on Easter Sunday and throw God a little bone, and then you're going to count on God that he's going to have your back the rest of the year. But when we come to Christ, when we participate in church, when we honor the Lord with our substance— we're not we're not coming to God with strings attached, are we? Aren't we supposed to come with a humble, repentant, obedient heart, and uh, not in our mind secretly plan some scheme of how we're going to leverage God? Amen, Alex. So true. Come with a that's what we said earlier. A pure heart. Don't have that that alter, that saying. Well, if no. Verse thirty. You read it. We need to. We got just less than a minute. There's no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. I want to tell you, God's word will stand. It is settled in heaven. When you read the word of God, it is true. And somebody said, God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Someone said, Well, God said it. That settles it, whether you believe it or not. And that's Amen. true. Amen. Amen. And you know what? I think about nowadays, there's so much ungodliness in academia in the government, in the culture. Hey, look, be patient, dear believer. There is no counsel, no, no, no plan of man that will dethrone God or his revealed truth. God's word stands forever. And this is Exploring the Word. We're going to come back and open up the phones and take your calls. Stay with us. We're back after this brief break. American Family Studios was started back in 2011 as a way to advance the Christian worldview into an increasingly media-rich culture. Media is like such a powerful tool to communicate the gospel. I love writing stories, getting in my office, and just thinking, how can we portray this concept of who God's character is? And to get to use the gifts that God has given me is really a joy. AmericanFamilyStudios.net This is a unique moment in the history of our country where we have an opportunity to restore the foundations of this nation. Tony Perkins of Washington Watch. To a nation that once again honors God. It will not happen unless God's people are informed and engaged. Join Tony Perkins for Washington Watch. Weekday afternoons at 4 Central and Saturday evening at 6 Central on American Family Radio. In a world where no one can tell us no. To this day, every human being born on this planet is the product of a male and a female. That's the way God set it up. God created us in his image. A place where Facebook and YouTube have no control. I think the command in scripture relative to men and women is not mainly women sit down, but men stand up, act like men, lead as you're supposed to. A place where we can no longer be canceled. When the scripture speaks, God speaks. And if you understand that rightly, then everything else simply falls into place. The American Family Association presents the AFA streaming platform. Just visit streaming.afa.net for the latest films, documentaries, and AFA original productions. You'll even find videos from some of your favorite talk shows. 
All we have to do is create a free account at streaming.afa.net. For nothing is hidden that will not become evident, nor anything secret that will not be known and come to light. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. DeMar Hamlin gave his first interview since his on-field collapse during a game with the Cincinnati Bengals to former NFL player and Good Morning America host Michael Strahan in a recorded pre-Super Bowl interview. Strahan asked, how did the doctors describe what happened to you? Hamlin paused a lengthy 12 seconds and then said, that's something I want to stay away from. Why? Were you instructed not to answer? Were you paid not to? Why does a 24-year-old top-shaped professional athlete collapse from cardiac arrest? Why? Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Alex and Bert, so glad that you're listening. Hey, we're going to take calls, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. I do want to remind everybody that Bert and I will be in Paris, Tennessee, April 21 through 23 for Truth for a New Generation, Apologetics, Biblical Worldview. The theme is Truth Matters. And along with Bert Harper and myself, there'll be Abe Hamilton III, uh, Will and Mickey Addison, Carl Kirby from Reasons for Hope. We've got a teen track. Bert, we're talking about biblical worldview and standing strong for the Christian faith, and already people are signing up from uh, not just Tennessee and the Mid-Atlantic region, but coming in there, and we're going to have just an amazing weekend. You can get the complete information at, at my website, which is alexmcfarland.com, alexmcfarland.com, and uh you know, we love picking up the phone every day and talking to listeners. Bert, we would love to meet everybody at the, the event in Paris, Tennessee, April 21 through 23. Amen. It is fun. I've already got one of my assignments for that one. It's Truth Matters, and I'm going to be doing one on the Bible, the truth and why it is so dependable. And mm-hmm. uh, so I'm looking forward to being there in Paris, Tennessee. Well, let's go to the phone lines and go to Arkansas and talk to Marilyn. Marilyn, welcome. Hello, thank you very much for taking my call. I wanted to make a comment rather than uh, ask a question, and that is about the book of Proverbs in general. Um, A friend of mine, uh, Dr. Sam Beerig, wrote his dissertation on this, and this is his idea rather than my own. But at any rate, uh, many people think, and many commentators of the Bible, think that uh, the first nine or ten chapters are all laid out and ex- explain something, and the rest of them is just a big mishmash of stuff that you just have to kind of figure out for yourself. No. In truth, the, the, what Solomon was doing was laying out in the first chapters, he used the word Derek over and over, or related words, that, uh, the road, the way, the path. And then in the rest of those chapters, he's Solomon is using those chapters to show how this is the way that leads to life, and this is the way that leads to eternal death. Over and over, he makes these comparisons. And uh, I think he's right. I would agree. Marilyn, I agree. But uh, when I said random, it doesn't mean mishmash. I hope that didn't come across. If it did, it was unintended, I'm telling you. They are. It shows you. It's kind of like when Moses came out and he says, I lay before you cursing and blessing. I would use that Mm -hmm. illustration in that as well. How about you, Alex? Yes, and thanks for calling. You know, Proverbs, along with Ecclesiastes and and really the book of Job, is under a category they often call wisdom literature. And and Bert, the the ancient Jewish wisdom literature and its scripture given by God— but they would use relatable 
things to convey theological truths. You know, in talking about following the way of righteousness, and righteousness leads to life, and sin leads to death— what are the theological truths? Well, the nature of God, and we are to be holy because God is holy. And so um, I know um, you read some of these things, and one second it's talking about marriage, and one minute it's talking about, you know, how we interact with our neighbor. But these are these are wise, pithy truth statements that really teach us about God, and frankly, if we're honest, will teach us about ourselves. Amen. Thank you, Marilyn. Great comment, and we appreciate you listening and calling in. Let's go to California. Is it Raul? Raul or Raul? Raul, yeah, R-A-U-L, Raul. Raul, well, welcome. Welcome. Okay, I have a question on the Beatitudes. And, uh, you know, Jesus is giving these... uh, characteristics of people, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they there uh, is the kingdom of heaven, and so on. What I'm asking is, uh, you know, people that never heard of Jesus and never had a chance, but have had these characteristics, are they uh, saved? Because, you know, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And, you know, I'm just wondering if he's addressing people that have had these characteristics that they have never heard of the gospel, but yet they they have salvation with these characteristics. Okay, thank you for your great question. Alex, uh, when we're looking at the Beatitudes, and we've gone through them as well, you and I, we're talking about discipleship. We're talking about becoming more and more like Christ. Jesus laid it out, not necessarily for salvation, now, Raul is saying a little bit different, but if a person had these without hearing about Christ, would they uh, receive salvation? Uh, I, first of all, I don't think anyone would do that. That's the first statement I'd make. But, you, you know, God's going to do that which is right. He's looking for mm-hmm. a heart turned toward him. Uh, Alex, he's not, he's not looking for uh, – you don't use the Beatitudes like the Pharisees use the law. That, would that right, be right. a fair statement that I'm making, or is that too strong? No, I, I think that's a fair statement. And uh, uh, let's set the salvation question aside for a moment, because you know a lot of great thinkers like C.S. Lewis and, and uh, even Billy Graham said that they, they, they believed that God will evaluate every human on the response they gave to the amount of light that they had. But let's talk about the word beatitude is almost the New Testament equivalent of the Old Testament word blessed, you know, uh, and it, it really means blessedness or happiness. Now, uh, beatitude, we, we've got other words like uh, beatification, meaning going to heaven and getting our glorified body, or the, the beatific vision, the joy of seeing God once we leave this world. Well, the beatitude, you know, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, says Psalm 1. And uh, in the New Testament, in Matthew 5-7 through and in Luke 6, you know, blessed is the one who hunger and thirsts after righteousness. So, Bert, uh, the the Beatitudes from the Sermon on the Mount is not the plan of salvation, but it, it does talk about the happiness, really the joy and the fulfillment that will follow when we've responded to God's overtures we're seeking after God every day, and we're living for Him. And I think you and I both can personally attest happiness does follow. Amen. Uh, great joy in, in knowing Christ and following Him in obedience. Uh, on Wednesday nights at Auburn Baptist Church, our mentor and pastor, we are going through First John. And I'm telling you, John, okay, the disciple of love, guess what he puts a lot of emphasis on? Obedience. If you love me, keep my commandments. Uh, he and so I would say this: we need to demonstrate what God has done on the inside. It needs to work its way to the outside, so others can see Christ in us. So, and and Bert, yeah, go l- ahead. Let me throw back to Proverbs twenty-one, just for a second. Proverbs twenty-one fifteen: It is the joy of the just to live justly. Amen. Isn't that something? It is. See, doing the right thing is its own reward. Right. Amen. Thank you. Hope that helps. Let's go to Arkansas. Roy, welcome. Uh, Brother Burton, Alex, thank you for taking my call. You bet, man. Thank you for listening. Uh, 
Yeah, I was going to tell you guys, I, I found AFR probably 20 years ago, and I know you guys got a special affinity for truck drivers. I, I drive for FedEx, and uh, AFR has just been an anchor for my soul. Uh, Amen. And I, mean, I listen you. to everything all, all day long. <laughs> and uh, So anyways, I was calling because uh, I've been – you guys' prayers have been stepping up for people lately, especially since Asbury. And I know God moves through prayers. And, uh, man, I'm, I've am i been struggling for a while in my home, me and my wife, and now my children. And <clears throat> we, alcohol has just been a curse in our lives. And I, I want it broke off us, but we just really don't have the will. And uh, I know you guys got one of the biggest prayer meetings in the country now. So I figure if there's an opportunity, God would, would move through his people. I believe in prayer. Roy, we're going to pray for you right now. God, thank you for Roy. I pray that you would draw him to yourself. We don't know exactly all the things that's going on, but we know alcohol. And, Father, your word in Proverbs talks about it, how dangerous it is. And, God, I pray for deliverance. I pray for the wife. I pray for Roy. I pray for those children, Father, in the home, out of the home, wherever they might be, that you right now with America praying, so many people, thousands and thousands of people praying right now, asking you to intervene, demonstrate your power, draw them out. I pray they would look unto you. Keep on working on them, Father. Don't don't dismiss them and say there's no hope. Father, keep on working on them that they could be delivered and set free in Christ yes. Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Roy, Amen. thank you for calling. Amen. Well, where to now, bro? Let's go to Ohio. Is it Eliab? Eliab. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, great, Eliab. man. Yeah, first-time caller. Welcome. Hi there. Um, all right, I'll try to keep this brief. I'm uh, I'm uh, going through a Bible study right now, and I'm I'm, I'm troubled by uh, by a, a sentence here in like the answer notes. I, I'll, I'll lay it out and keep it uh, real simple. What it, what it says here is. God did not curse the earth, Adam did. And so my, my question is about the curse that came through Adam's sin, of course, um, and this touches on the nature of God and his goodness, right? So I would just like to hear you guys' take on that. Okay, thank you, brother. Let me just share with you. Uh, we have said it, Alex has said it many times, sin is something that, uh, we, if we're not careful, we'll make it too light. Adam's sin was more severe than you could ever think of. Their sin, and did it bring about? It brought about a curse. Alex, um, mm-hmm. it, it is that it sin in some ways. Yes, God did this, but sin in itself is its own curse. You know, uh, you mm-hmm. read what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, in Genesis 3, uh, and I would encourage people to read, um, you know, verses 14 and following, you know, the serpent is cursed. Um, There's a curse really between humanity and the created world. And then you get down there into verse uh, 17, and the ground is cursed. And thorns and thistles will it bring forth. Now, Bert, let let me just say this. Uh, Did God uh, curse this or... Did Adam do it? Well, it was Adam and Eve's sin that caused it, and uh, because sin brings death. And, you know, God, we know God is righteous, and God doesn't do evil, and God, being full of life and eternal, in God is no darkness, no death, no uh, evil. So, But I will say this, the, the world is created that there are some just unavoidable repercussions from things we do, you know? Uh, gravity is a, is a wonderful part of the, the physical world, but if you jump off of a building, uh, God loves you indescribably, but you're going to hit the ground, you, you know? It does. And, and our decisions do bear consequences, don't they? They really do. Eliab, I, I couldn't add anything more than Alex said on that, look at the sin, the sin and what it brought forth. And uh, that that is the key to that and understanding. it. Thank you for your call. Let's go to Arkansas and talk to Kevin. Kevin, you probably be our last caller of the day. What's your question for us? I'll be quick. Uh, 
when you were talking about uh, 2127, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. It made me think of uh, Ananiah and Sapphira in Acts. Mm -hmm. Did I lose you? No, man. No, yeah, you're, you're right you're, there. You're on a good path, Kevin. I I think you are right on. Now, let's talk about that. It said they lied to the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I want to make sure we understand that. Their, I believe their intent at the beginning was possibly okay. Nate, uh, you know what I mean, Alex? But as they got the, as they got the money in their hand, they, I think they started, okay, look what here. Uh, nobody else knows how much we sold this land for, so we can give half of it and tell the church and, and Peter that this is all we got, and we can keep the other half for ourselves, and no one will ever know. But, Alex, it, who knew? Well, God did, and is that Proverbs twenty-one twenty-seven offering sacrifice with a wicked mind, you know? Mm. And Leviticus 10.1, the, the sons of Eli that offered strange fire. Let me just say this, Bert, uh, and uh, I, I'm only speaking for myself here, but talking about um, Proverbs 21, how people uh, go through religion, but it's with the wrong motive or Ananias and Sapphira. I think about the leaders now that are pro-gay, pro-abortion, but they make a big fanfare when they'll go to a church service somewhere. Let me say this, uh, you can go to every church service in America from from now on, but if you're living for and legislating the things that the Word of God says are wrong, immoral, and an abomination to God, I don't care how many church services you go to, um, you you need to repent and turn away from those positions. And there there's a lot of people that have been exceedingly religious, and they're going to find out that all they were doing uh, as it says there in verse four of Proverbs twenty-one, they were they were heaping up for themselves judgment for sin, and so let's make sure that we have repented, believed, and obeyed as the Word of God lays it out. And if you're wondering if you're saved, are you really saved? Yeah, I go to church. Yeah, I do that. But has there ever been a time in my life where Jesus Christ became Lord? As I turned away from my sin and surrendered my life to him, call this number, 1-800-NEED-HIM, 1-800-NEED-HIM. There are partners, they'll talk with you, they'll pray with you, they'll help you. Well, Alex, tomorrow we'll be in chapter 22, and guess what? Amen. It's a chapter filled. Let me give you one real quickly. A good name okay. is to be chosen rather than great riches. That starts off chapter 22, brother. Oh, man, there's just so much good stuff, and, and we thank you for listening. Folks, you all are a blessing. We thank you for listening. We encourage you, please, tell somebody about Exploring the Word, but most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.